Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're finishing this series here on wisdom, and um, we're talking about the inner workings of wisdom. Well, we, we're talking about, the first, the first message really here, we're just trying to lay a foundation really for this, the message I'm going to do today is some components, which we call the inner workings of wisdom. When you start to put them all together, you're going to get something cool. And here we were talking about why of wisdom. Why in the world do we pursue wisdom? Proverbs tells us that it's a treasure. It's actually so valuable you should lay everything else aside and go after that. It's like gold and silver. What is that? Okay, because this is the thing. Without wisdom, you could have millions of dollars and start off with millions of dollars. You could win the lottery and get a billion dollars. But without wisdom, you will lose it all. You could be born into 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 a great station in life and be given everything you could possibly want to start your life, but without wisdom, you could wreck it all. You could be born into the deepest of poverty and have nothing, but with wisdom, become one of the most successful people on the planet. Do you know that? It's literally happened. Most of the billionaires in our country are all self-made and started out in poverty. That's wild to think about. Did they have something different than other people did? No, they didn't start out with something different, but they certainly ended up with something. And the key is wisdom. Wisdom applied to our life. It's really truth applied to our life. Reality in application becomes wisdom. Wisdom is actually fruit. It's not a thing. Understanding and knowledge is a thing. It's what you put in your head. Is it right? Do you have right understanding, right knowledge? And then when you apply it, you become wise. Right? This is what we want to do. So when we start to understand the power of wisdom and how much of a treasure it is and how much we have to go after it, that's the foundation for beginning to win is when we go after that. Now, people talk about wisdom or act like they know a lot about wisdom. Whenever we start doing this, you know, we're kind of on sketchy territory because there's such a humongous gap between where we are actually at and where God is and what there is to know. So every time I, I feel this, when someone says, oh, I'm going to tell you about wisdom, I kind of go like, oh, I get this weird feeling. Like, but we should all be pursuing it. It's about the pursuit, not how much you have. Amen? It's about a heart of pursuit, not how much you have. Then we started talking about the law of time. All right? There's this law in time that, that really is the, one of the most powerful forces at work. And it's either working for you or against you. It's working for you or against you. It's this continuous, powerfully flowing river that never stops. And you either take advantage of it or you let it pass you by. Or you drift along in it as it sweeps you against one bank to the other, one mistake after another. But it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Is it working for you or is it working against you? And what you and I have to see in the power of time is we have to believe in the 1%. It's the small things that make the difference. If you can't be great at big things, be great at small things, right? What's that little clip I had? You can put that up. If you cannot do great things, do small things great. See, we understand time, we start to live in the moment. This is what... Mariah Anderson was laying down the uh, thick word last week about how we use every single moment. 
And we're talking about this concept of living in wisdom. And so asking the most powerful question there is to ask, what is that question? If you're gonna do a great thing in a small way, or small things great, you gotta be able to answer this question. You gotta ask this question and live it. And the question is, is it wise? See, if you begin to ask, is it wise in every moment because you value the moment and you understand the compound interest over time, now all of a sudden, you're gonna be set yourself, you're gonna set yourself on a path to success. And it's guaranteed. You're like, Pastor, you're telling me, are you selling me that you can have a guaranteed life of success? Absolutely, and I'll throw in a Ginsu 2000 if you order today. I don't have any of those, but if you ask, I am so confident in this, if you ask the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe, in every decision, in every moment, if you ask him, oh God, is it wise? And then you listen, because <laughs> that's the next really important part. Like, is it wise? I don't care, just do it. Don't just do it. Don't just do it. Ask first, is it wise? And then, easy to do, easy not to do. Easy to do, easy not to do. But if you do the easy things and you value responding to the Holy Spirit in this way, over long periods of time and pursuit of understanding and knowledge to be applied in the reality of wisdom, come on, then all of a sudden you're going to experience the compound effect in your life. The compound effect. This is where all of the small investments that, that you look with your natural eyes and in the moment they seem to not make a difference. So then we make the error in judgment to think it doesn't matter. It's the small things that with our eyes we, we think don't make a difference. See, if we believe that reality, then we're gonna fail. But if we actually start to shift and believe that those small things actually do matter, they do make a difference, even though they don't change anything in the moment, because we believe in time. So when you believe in the law of time, you start to look longer down the road, and you understand, if I make this wise choice today, then I make it tomorrow, then I make it again the next day, and I do that 365 days a year for 10 years, 3,650 positive decisions for my life, it's gonna matter at that point gonna make a difference. And I'm telling you right now, it's not gonna make a small difference, it's gonna make a huge difference. In fact, it's gonna be the difference between you walking into your dream, walking into success, or walking into failure. Having it laying in your lap the exact opposite of all the things you thought your life was gonna turn out. Listen, your life is the way it is right now because you chose it. Good or bad. The first step in wisdom is to take responsibility. All people on the success curve in life take responsibility. All people in the failure curve in life, they move away from responsibility. They blame somebody else. They think it's an outside reason, an external force is the reason why they are not succeeding and winning. It's not the truth, it's an internal force. You could be the poorest person on the planet and still be winning, do you know that? You could live in the poorest places in the entire world where there is no ability to make income and money and you could still be a success because success is not defined by monetary value. 
It can be a part of it, but it's not defined by it. Your emotional health, life, and success could be in the deepest prison in the darkest place. If you apply these principles, you're gonna be a winner. You know that? In every place of your life, if you decide you're gonna take responsibility, you can win. Here's the key principle we're gonna lay in. It's Ephesians 5. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is it, making the most of every opportunity, every single one. So I'm gonna tell you a story about two sons. It's about a father and two sons. This dad was, had wealth beyond what you can imagine. And he is on his deathbed and he invites his two sons into the room and he's gonna tell them what they're gonna get for their inheritance. So he invites them in and he begins to talk to them and they begin to, to grieve because they understand Wow, this is it. My father's really dying. And so as they move through their grief, he tells them, I've got two choices for you. I want to leave a legacy for you. And so he pulls out in one hand a purse, and it's got a thousand crisp thousand dollar bills in it. One million dollars. He says, listen, you can take this million dollars, and you can walk away with it right now and, uh, and make, make a draw on it and use it to fund your dreams and to have a great launch in your life. Or you can take this other purse and he pulls it out and inside that purse has one penny. And he says this one penny, you can make a draw on it at any time what's inside of this purse. But if you leave this penny inside of this purse for the next 30 days, it will double. Whatever's in the purse will double every day. He hands him a little book and he says, I want you to go home, read this book and then tell me your decision in the morning. So the two sons go home. One son takes the book, chucks it, calls his friends. He had lots of friends that were financial advisors, gets them on the phone. Hey, my dad's giving me a million bucks. Let's do this. He puts his team together. He's already decided, I'm taking the million bucks. I'm turning that thing into a wealth generating machine and I'm going for it. So he puts his whole team together and he knows he's gonna say the next day. The second son sits down and he's thinking, this seems like a trick question. <laughs> this is a trick in here somewhere. He's just thinking, this seems weird. There must be more to the story. And he starts to ask questions. He goes, what can I not see? Because it's obvious that the million dollars, I should take it. But my dad is so tricky. He wants to give me a penny. And he gives me this silly book. So before he makes a decision, he sat down and he re reads the book. And the first story, it's a story about uh, a plant that's called a water hyacinth. And this water hyacinth is a plant that just grows. And it grows underwater. And so this book tells all about this plant. And the first day, it's growing underwater. You can't see it, but it doubles every day. And every day it just doubles, but you can't see it. And it's underground and under the water until the last four days. All of a sudden, the water hyacinth multiplies and it doubles every day till the entire lake is now covered and there's no more water. And that's how this plant grows. He goes, oh my goodness. Then he reads a second story about these two little frogs. These frogs fall into this pail of cream. And inside the pail of cream, they start to move, drink up and eat, and they're like, this is the best day of my life, until they just try to get out. And these two frogs can't get out, and they start to freak out. And the one frog says to the other one, we're gonna die in here. 
He's like, no, we're not going to die in here. we got to keep getting out. And then the other, they just paddle and paddle and paddle until the one frog just goes, oh, uh, brother, I can't make it anymore. I'm just going to give up. I'll see you someday. He blubbles into the cream and he dies. <laughs> Don't eat this cream. Okay. And the, fir the, the first frog, he's, man, I don't know, but I'm not giving up. And he keeps his little froggy legs moving. And he's going and going and going. For an entire hour, this little frog is kicking his little legs and going and going until his muscles can no longer move anymore. And he goes, oh, I guess I'm going to sink to the bottom with my brother. And I, then he realizes, wait a second. This cream is now solid. And he had whipped himself into a pail of butter and hopped right out. And he was free. <laughs> See this little guy, this young man who had read the book and been pondering. He went to bed that night dreaming, of course, of frogs and plants growing. Wakes up in the morning, and he goes, you know, these stories must mean something, and I want to learn that lesson. And so he goes to his father the next day with his brother, and the brother says, I'm taking the million. He grabs it, runs out the door, and the second brother goes, I'm taking the penny. He takes the penny. In fact, he gives it to the trustee who's going to manage it for him. That's literally how it went. So he goes away, and he lets it just grow. The one brother heads off. He gets his team cranking and going, and they, they're making money, and he comes back at the end of the 30 days, and he's like, hey, look, so this is what we did. We turned your $1 million into $1.5 million, 50% growth. Brother's like, yeah, my silly, stupid brother, he took the penny. And I just made 500,000 bucks. And he goes, oh, but wait, there were a few expenses that we occurred along the way. Hotel bill, and then you got to pay my fee, and then there's like, you know, percentage for this and that. And it turns out he loses $250,000. So he's down 250000 He goes, oh, my goodness, I wonder how my brother turned out. So he runs back, and he goes to look. And this is what happened to the brother who took the penny. On the second day, of course, the one penny was two pennies. On the fifth day, it was 16 cents. On the 10th day, it was only $5.12. On the 20th day, it was $5,242. On the 21st day, it was 10, over 10,000. Then 20,000, 40,000, 80,000. On the 25th day, 167,000. Remember, it's doubling every day. By the 28th day, it's 1,342,000. The 29th day, it's 2,600,000. And by the 30th day, it's over $5 million. So the brother comes back and he goes, oh man, I got beat up on that deal. What did you do? How did it work for you? And he goes, I just made five mil. He goes, did you read the book? He goes, no, I didn't read the book. I should have read the book. It was about a mouse and a plant. Why would I read that? He goes, oh. See, the, the one brother, he didn't stop and listen to, to gain the wisdom of his father. Because what the father was giving him wasn't money. The father was giving him something that can't be earned. No one can actually give you. You have to choose. And that's wisdom. The second brother, 
took the lesson of wisdom and applied it to his life. And you can see that success curve. Because here's how it really works, guys, is that you and I, we have to be in for the small things over long periods of time. Because everything in life goes like this, gradual, 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 sudden. Gradual, 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 sudden. Sudden defeat or success. Let's look at this photo. I mean, I want you to see this, this power curve here. It's the easy things to do, the easy things not to do. Your philosophy, what you believe about life, affects what you see. What you see changes your attitude. If I'm a person that sees other human beings as annoying obstacles that get in my way, that's gonna affect my attitude when I go to work every day, isn't it? If I see my boss as a guy who's just bossing me around being annoying to me and always telling me what to do, that's gonna affect the way I see. But if I see other people as dynamic, valuable human beings that have needs just like my own and treasures that God made to complete his task, then that's gonna change my attitude how I approach people. No matter what's going on, no matter how rainy or cold it is or if all the leaves fall off, the stinking trees in one day. Doesn't affect my attitude today. Because it's about what I see and what I believe. That changes how I think and how I behave, which shapes what I'm going to do, the actions in my life. And that's where we get the results. But it's not about one big push. It's about all the pushes. It's about every day. When you bring a positive philosophy or positive wisdom into every single decision, it's either moving you to the success curve or away. But it's the error in judgment that that small thing doesn't matter. And this is about stewardship. So let's go to Matthew chapter 25. When you start talking about compound effect in your life, it's about stewardship. Jesus taught this principle in the parable of the talents with Matthew chapter 25. And it starts, we're going to start in verse 16. But let me set this up for you. A man goes on a journey, Jesus says. And he says he sets uh, some money aside for his servants. For the first servant, he gives five talents. The second servant, he gives two. And the last servant, he gives one. He says, look, I want you guys to do something good with this. And he heads off. And this is what happens. The person with the five talents, the man who had received the five bags of gold, okay, the old school ways to call it a talent, all right? But the bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five more. What did he do with it? Put it to work. He got how many? Five. And he put it to work. So also the one who had the two bags of gold, he gained two more because he put them to work. But the man who had received the one bag went off, dug a hole in the crown, and hid his master's money. So you know, a lot of times when you hear this story about the penny doubled every day, they go, oh my goodness, isn't it amazing how this guy, he made millions from nothing. He started with nothing and ended up with millions. Did he start with nothing? No, he started with a penny. 
He didn't start with nothing. He started with a penny. And see, here's the thing. When we don't value the penny, we don't value the millions. This is about value. You don't value the five bags of gold. You don't value the one. And they're like, well, if that one guy would, if the guy with the one would have just been given five, he would have done something good with it. No, the, the, the master says he gave it actually to them according in a proportion to their abilities. The one that had one bag of gold had not proven that he could take care of one bag of gold. And what does he do with it when he gets it? He throws it in the ground. See, when we don't walk by a penny and pick it up and see value in it, we're missing the wisdom of God. When we take a child, a small child, who comes into one of our youth ministry programs, and we don't see them as a million dollars, not financially, we see the treasure of who God made them to be, and we think about them like a penny, so then we treat children like pennies. Ah, it's not really that big a deal. I don't really need to connect with my kid today. Ah, that doesn't really matter. And we just focus on the big moments. Well, I'll be there for the big game. I'll be there for the graduation. But you know what? If you're not there for the times of pennies, they don't really care if you're there for the big times because you missed it. You do not get to success in your relationships in one push. Your marriage vows don't get you over the hump to a successful marriage. Okay, it just doesn't work. It's just one part. It's one investment. You and I have to begin to value the small things if we want the compounded interest of success in our life in any context. You have to value the penny. It's about stewardship. Jesus goes on and he says uh, in this parable, he says to, to the, the guy who invested the five, he says, verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled his accounts with them. The man who had received the five bags of gold brought a five more to the master and he said, you entrusted me, entrusted, this is a stewardship principle, with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Yes. Come on. I don't know about you, but this is what I want to hear from Jesus. And I want to experience it now. I know whether or not I'm on this train. I know whether or not I'm on this track is whether or not in my job, in my personal life, in my finances, in my ministry, is, is God entrusting me with more? If you don't sow, if you don't give of your life, if you don't use all of the things he gave you now and do well with them, you're not getting more. You have to think about this on the power curve. Every decision matters. You're moving up or you're moving down. There is no neutral decisions. In every aspect of your life, are you creating compound interest, moving yourself towards your dream? moving yourself towards your success goal. It's gonna be about stewardship and managing what has been entrusted to you now. Not what you want. Not what you think you deserve next, but what you have now. will qualify you for what you can have next. Verse 29. Just jump ahead. For whoever will be given more Whoever has, yeah, thanks, babe. She's there for me. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Everybody needs a good support system. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This isn't about, all oh, the poor guy only had one, so he had it taken away from him. No, he was not a good steward of what was given to him. This is about stewardship. God is going to give his resources to those 
that do well with them. And he's going to give more and more to them when they've proven they can do well with those resources. The most powerful and important resource you have available to you, time. It's time. It's right now. It's the moment you have right now. It's the power in time to make a decision. Like what Mariah preached last week. Are you making a wise decision? Are you making a foolish decision? That's the most powerful thing you have with you right now. Making a wise decision, sowing into your children, sowing into your personal finances, sowing into your life. Where are you at? What kind of decision are you making? See, because when we start to do this, we build momentum. That momentum over long periods of time is gonna get us to big things. As a church, big things as individuals and our families. Just think about this. If we valued the penny, the one relationship God puts in front of us today, the person that needs to know Jesus and we take the time to reach out to them. What if all of us did that every day for the next 10 years? I've done the math, just so you know. Because <laughs> I'm a math, I'm not like great at math, but I like this kind of math. Strategic multiplication, oh yeah. I know how to build that spreadsheet. <laughs> it's exciting. If you could multiply yourself in that process through the faithfulness of one investment every day from your life to another person's, and that would multiply in one year just to another believer, we double like the water hyacinth, and we could run like the little frogs in our little buckets and just keep moving. Just don't stop moving. And in a space like with our building collapse, it looks like how in the world are we ever gonna do that? Don't give up, that's how we're gonna do it. It's X to Y by when. Like, I'm here and I need to get to here. It doesn't matter how long it takes me as long as I don't give up because failure is not defined by falling. It's defined by whether or not you give up. That's where the win is. The win is over time. So whether my generation or the next generation, the ones that finishes this thing, is going to get done. It better be in my generation in Jesus' name. I'm hoping it happens like uh, the next six months. <laughs> it's been five years. You only fail when you give up. You fail in your marriage when you give up. You fail with your children when you give up. That's failure, not struggle. Struggle is struggle. Hey, you're gonna fall into a pot of cream. That's happening. You might be in it now. How do you get out? God promises you he will sustain you. So this is what you need to have, is a clear vision for your life. Who has he shaped you to be? What is he calling you into? You need to get a clear vision of who you look like on the inside, what God shaped you to be on the inside, in your personal life, your finances, your, your health, your relationships, your ministry. You're called into a ministry, not just to sit. You're called to do something for him, not for me. Does that make the point bigger? <clears throat> we need to get a vision for our life. And when you see that every single day, here's a simple discipline that I'm gonna ask you to do. Write down a vision for your life. 
I don't care how young or old you are, you wanna do something wise, the most successful people in the world do this. They write down who they see themselves being, becoming, and they speak that into existence. They say, that's me. You got a keg and you want a six pack? You put a photo of a six pack and you say, that's me. I don't know how I'm getting to that, going from my keg to my six pack, but I'm getting there. You put that in front of you. You want to be a dynamic preacher, a minister in the gospel, in the kingdom? Man, you get the people, that you, you write that on your wall. You get that out in front of you and you say, man, I want to be, I want to be that. that. In fact, that's who I am. Begin to believe who you are. See, God made, in Ephesians 2, it says, you're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do great things that he prepared in advance for you to do. The God of the universe is on your side. He is destined this to be. He has shaped this church for a great thing, a great destiny. You and I have to tap into that. Vision, faith, is about seeing what he sees. Engaging in it. Buying in. But then stewarding the moment. You can't get caught up in the dream and just live in the dream and not do the work every day. And here's the last thing I want you to think about before we move on. Yesterday, you said tomorrow, right? Whoa, he's excited. That was my own kid. He was so excited about it. <laughs> you know you're preaching good when your kid's getting something. All right. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. Yesterday. It's today. If you don't start today, you will not start tomorrow. Start something today. Start by writing down a vision for your life. And then try to get excited about it. I'm going to try to get excited about this vision for me. Nobody's excited about all the hard work. It's going to be painful. Don't think about all the work at one time. One little thing today. Write it down. One little thing tomorrow. Say, God, what can I do to try to get there? Just give me one idea. Day three, ask somebody to help you. Yeah? Day four, do something. Physically do something. Don't keep waiting till tomorrow. The key to success is about today. It's about harnessing the moment. When you do that and you say, God, make me wise today. Help me to have a wise decision today. Expand my understanding today. Go after his word. Go after the word of God. It's the living truth. It's what he entrusted to us to give us vision for our life and understand who we can be. Pursue the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. When you tap into the living God inside of you every day, a little bit, even a little bit every day, over the next 10 years of your life, you're pressing into his word to gain truth, not so you feel like you did something, but to actually grow, to learn something that changes you and shapes you and makes you more like Christ every day. Every day you do a little bit to serve him, a little bit to do something for him and share your faith with somebody, just a little bit. Can you imagine what that would do in your life over the compound interest of time that is, that is created over time, the compound interest that's just multiplied over time? How much different would our church be in 10 years? How about this? How much different will it be? Because we're gonna do it. But we think like that. I'm a person of action. I like to do stuff not just talk about it. it. drives me crazy just to keep talking about things. Let's do it. But let's do it in wisdom. 
Let's do what the Lord is really leading us and how he's leading us. So I want to pray. So Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking you to do a miracle in our hearts and our lives. We do not want to walk out of here the same and just feel a rah-rah in our heart. God, we want to be different. We want to be like you. So God, will you do something in my heart by the power of your Holy Spirit? Will you change me in the moment? God, that I'll see your wisdom in the moment, not just in the big picture, but God, you'll give me wisdom to move today to be like you. God, I'm asking that you will give me a vision for my life that's what you have for me, not what I want, but what you have for me, what you design and shape me for. I wanna see it clear. Help me to write it down. And God, I'm praying that you begin to move me today towards that destiny, that vision. God, you have a vision for this church, for this house, and we're just believing it's great. It's to plant thousands of churches, not just hundreds, God. It's to lead thousands and thousands of people to Christ over generations, Lord. You've called us to a great destiny. We just see that in our mind's eye. And we see this building project done. And we just see all of this finished and completed and ready for this work, this discipling work, this soul winning work that you've called us to. And so God, we just lay our hearts into this vision that you have for us. And God, I pray that today it will begin in every heart today. Something will start in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.